Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. We all have urges. Hunger, thirst, the urge to sleep, sexual urges, ooh, Um, And it's important that we feed these urges in order to survive and thrive. But in 1981, one man at a Paris university had another urge. One so overwhelming that it would lead to an event that would alter the course of the rest of his life. He had the urge to consume a human. This is the story of Issei Sagawa, the Kobe cannibal. Welcome, all you spooky sons of bitches, this to this week's episode of Horror House. I'm Amy. And I'm Dom. And this week, we not only want to thank you for being here, because obviously we would always thank you for being here, um, but we would also encourage you to save a cow and eat a human instead. Dom, how are you doing? <laughs> human meat. That is the meat that you want. <laughs> Come on. We can't start this early <laughs> in the game. Who wants a man meat? Who wants a man sandwich? Me. Uh, <laughs> <ooh>. um. <laughs> I I've got to get through a whole episode without, I mean, I'm not going to even attempt. Listeners, apologies now. I'm not even going to attempt to hold back on the innuendo. This is going to be euphemism city. Just brace yourself because, yeah. Euphemism city. <laughs> if you thought I was pure filth um, before, I'm... then hold height. Hold on to your butts, people, because you ain't seen nothing. Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, it's been a few weeks since we recorded. Um, I've missed you. I've missed recording, so I'm very you. excited um, to to hear this madness of an episode. Um, but I I am well. Um, it's been a good few weeks. Um, I've treated myself to some new things, um, new phone case, new phone, um, which I'm very excited about. Um, and I just want to give a quick shout out to Dbrand, um, who I got the phone case from. Um, they do some kick-ass phone cases, some amazing skins that go on the back of the case. Um, so I'm very excited about that. But also, also, I treat myself to to this this little thing here this little mug um Rep it. and one of our hoodies as well yeah exactly of one of our hoodies is okay. coming um and you yourself got some some pins got the t-shirt as well i did little yes I don't know if the camera's gonna pick this up but a little little horror house pin look at that i got all five of pin. them i'm very excited she's got the she's got the infinity gauntlet of horror house pin badges. 
of horror house pins. Yeah. Yeah, but all that happens when you click your fingers is that you summon Satan. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I would prefer him I'm fine or with. Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> We need we need another we need another snap. <laughs> Do your thing, Satan. <laughs> but but yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um it's been a bit of a chill week, um and a bit of a bit of a splurgy week, um, or few weeks. But no, I'm good. Pleased to hear it. Well you didn't ask, but I'll tell you how I oh, am. Yes. I'm doing good. Um <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I'm good. I've been a bit ill. Um, I think we've both had a bit of the old winter blues over the last couple of weeks, hence why there was no episode last yes. week. Apologies yes. for the lack of episode last week. We we just need a little bit of a break. Do you know what? Sometimes we're just human and we just have to, we just have exactly. to take a bit of time for us um, exactly. to fulfill our urges. Um, in this case, the urge being to get through the week. Yes. <laughs> so that's what we did. And the now urge, we're back. The the <laughs> urge to to get over the fact that it gets dark at three PM at the moment, which is just Yeah, sad. which is fucking disgusting. Like It's what? awful. <laughs> I don't understand it at all. Like when you're starting work and finishing work in the dark, what is the point? This is yeah, one of the things no that convinces me that humans are just another species that was supposed to hibernate. Like I'd happily stuff myself stupid full of food in like October and sleep till January. That's fine. I don't mind doing that. It's not a problem yeah. at all. Yeah. Or I whenever would, the I clocks go back. When I do the clocks agree. go back? Is that like November? Whenever the clocks go back, that's when we hibernate. I think it is November. Yeah. Until yeah, I think it is. I think it is. After Christmas and after New Year, and then we can wake up and start, you know. Doing and then we can start again. afresh. <laughs> Yeah, we're not winter fair. people. We're not. No. We're really not. No, no, no. No. And plus, I have to, like, wear clothes in winter. And we both know I'm not yeah. a fan of doing so. No. Yeah. That is true. That is true. You do like to sit around your house naked, to be fair. That's a that's a known yeah. fact. It is a very known <laughs> fact. Um, I'm not sure by him. My neighbours, probably. Um, but yeah. it's... It's just, I just generally and the plumber being, and the plumber, yeah. Actually, to be fair, he did almost catch me in the butt the other day. Um, but only because it was on the toilet when he knocked on the door. <laughs> it wasn't anything kicking. It wasn't the start of a Pornhub video or anything like that. It was just that my downstairs bathroom is literally next to my front door. And he knocked on the door just as I was coming out of it. And sometimes, like, you know, you're just still sorting yourself out from the bathroom. And then he was right there. Yeah, and I was like, true. fuck. Um, but yeah, anyway. Oh, hello. Hello, Jim. <laughs> oh, oh, you're right, mate. Yeah. That's funny, actually, because his name's James. So, yeah. Um, shout oh, out, James. Oh, close. <laughs> if you happen to be listening to this podcast, which is absolutely no reason for you to be doing, um, to feel safe in the knowledge that I had finished my shit when you knocked on the door. <laughs> um, Not where I thought this was going oh, today, uh, but also, here we are. Uh, also, before before we get into the app, um, so our Spotify Wrapped um, dropped. Uh, when was it? Last week, maybe last week, something like that. Um, and there was some some fun little things on there. Um, we were up in in quite a few areas um, over sort of last year. So you know, 
we are up listenership wise up followers wise um and a little fun thing that i saw was that like our top five countries like germany was in there and sweden yeah. I think, was one of them sup germany and australia and i'm like all right germany and sweden hello <laughs> people is doing no i mean i think we, we always knew that we were reaching out to a lot of american listeners and i think Canada was up there as well, and I think that kind of goes hand in yeah, hand. Canada and then was up there. Australia, yeah. we know a couple of podcasts that are in Australia, so I think we yeah. suspected that as well. But yeah, definitely Germany and Sweden. I was like, Germany. "Hello, I mean, welcome." Obviously, yeah. thank you for listening. Absolutely. If you're in Germany and Sweden, say hello. Um, but also, what, what are you doing here? You're, you're surprising. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, yeah, it was awesome. um, absolutely, and. You know, thank you to to everyone on Spotify who's followed and listened and and supported us. You know, we had some really good stuff on there. So, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Seconded. Um, yeah, cool. Absolutely. Without further ado, <clears throat> should we get into the episode? Yes, you've bigged this up as as a bit of a wild time. So I am I am raring to go. It's always a wild time when I'm involved. Um, <laughs> cool. Let's do it. So, oh, I, again, I'm going to stick with one pronunciation of this guy's name for the entire episode. If it's wrong, sorry. Um, but also he's dead. So <laughs> who cares? Um, Izzy Zagawa oh, just was snorted. born on the... Sexy. There you go. It's a little, <laughs> a little treat for you there, listeners. Izzy Zagawa was born on the 26th of April... 1949 because we both know dom that all uh, of the best people were born on the 26th of april um <clears throat> actually i might want to retract that later <laughs> um in kobe in the hyogo prefecture in japan to wealthy parents sagawa's father akira sagawa um was a businessman who'd served as president of kurita water industries and his grandfather had been the editor for the Asahi Shimbun, which I assume is a newspaper. Um, Sagawa was born prematurely and reportedly was small enough that he could fit in the palm of his father's hand. Um, he immediately oh, developed entritis, which is a disease of the small intestine and was very, very poorly um, as a baby and, to be honest, throughout his entire life, um, but particularly as a baby. Um, Sagawa eventually recovered after several injections of potassium and calcium. Um, but his fragile health and introverted personality led to him developing a strong interest in literature. And again, I know, I know I do this a lot. Um, you know, I'm talking about something completely normal and then all of a sudden I just drop something in that's not normal and is completely out of the blue. Um, so once again, okay. here's your warning for that being about to happen. <clears throat> Sagawa first experienced cannibalistic desires while in the first grade after seeing a male's thigh, which he admits himself he then became obsessed with. We good? You okay, okay for that turn in the roller coaster? <laughs> I mean, I, I like thighs. I, I don't look at a hey, thigh like and go, you know what? 
I I I I want to like like yeah. At least I don't、mm. have any desire to eat a human thigh, like chicken thighs. I'm all about chicken thighs. Nom nom nom. But oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, human thigh. It's not.、Mm. And he, not, he, he does like、that. a thigh as well. <laughs> like he is he is a thigh man. And don't get me wrong. He's a thigh man. I've got no issue with thighs. You know, wrapped around my face,、oh, yeah. it's really not a problem. But in my mouth, also potentially not a problem. But chowing down. Situated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depending on the situation, thighs in your mouth is is not necessarily a bad. This might be okay. No. <laughs>、um, also, but first、yeah. first grade. That how old how old are people in、Young. first grade? What's that like? I don't know because this is this、to? is, yeah, this is Japan first grade. So I'm not sure how old, but presumably、uh, if it's anything like in line with the UK, I'm going like five or six. Yeah, damn, it's pretty young. Wow, that's pretty. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, um, in a 2001 interview with Vice, which I will be quoting from a lot, um. Over the course of, of this episode, because it's honestly great,、um, we'll put the link to that interview in the show notes because I highly recommend watching it. It's only about half an hour long,、um, but it really gives you an idea of this guy. And、yep. honestly, he's one of the most disturbing things I think I've seen on the internet.、Um, and that's saying something because I spend some time in some pretty dark corners of the web. Yeah.、Um, Can considering <laughs> considering what we what. Our search history is purely like just based on the podcast. Let you know to have that as like the most disturbing thing. Yeah, like that, that's some doing that. <laughs> yeah, play. We, we will include it because it is freely available on the internet. Like you can see it easily. Um, but it does contain very vivid descriptions of what he did, more so than what I'm going to do today. Um, and also pictures、yeah. of his victim. Um, it's just. Yeah, just brace yourself if you're、yeah. gonna watch it. You know, we're all adults here, but yeah, just take it with a pinch of salt. Um,、Absolutely. but during that interview, Sagawa says that sex was a taboo subject in his household, and as a result, he was convinced that his first erection meant he was sick. I don't、um, know if that's common. Is that common, Dob? How was your first erection? And other such、um, questions. Okay, I, I was not prepared. Uh, for. For this, to be asked this fifteen minutes into this, how <laughs>、um, was、Paging、my first Dr. erection? <laughs> um, I was, to be honest, I don't know. Maybe I was, I was a little bit like, "What is going on? <laughs> like,、mm. what what is happening in in the the region? What why why what is this?" That was probably not. Yeah, I'd probably say that might have been my first. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. Although I assume you didn't think that、yeah. you were sick. I don't think I was sick. No, I was just probably a bit like, okay, this、hey. is this is happening. <laughs> this must well, mean good thoughts are happening. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, poor Sagawa did not know what the hell was going on. He definitely thought he was sick. Um, he'd never been spoken to about sex. He certainly hadn't been spoken to about masturbation. And as a result of that, he developed some、uh, rather unusual habits.、Um, he reported that, as a youth, he committed bestiality、um, on his dog, 
and experienced calipristic oh. desires for women while touching himself. Oh, oh not the dog. Oh, it's not the dog. No. <laughs> not the I, I feel I mean, like this is a universal really. truth, <laughs> you know? Like, we can watch horror movies, we can talk about serial killers, and we could be like, yeah, whatever, cool, yeah, no, nah, totally fine. But as soon as someone brings yeah. a dog into it, no, yeah. that is a line that we do not cross. Yeah, you don't screw the pooch. You don't. Just Literally, don't do metaphorically, in no way do you screw <laughs> the pooch. Oh, God. <laughs> um, oh, no. So, yeah, he he picked up some pretty... Uh, um, I don't even know what the best word is. Let's go with unusual <laughs> um, masturbatory habits from a young age. Yeah. Um, but despite all that, yeah. he claims that his childhood was, quote, the best part of my life. My parents love me deeply. They raise me lovingly surrounded by nature. Um, which is an incredibly refreshing statement for this podcast. Yeah. I, I was about to say, when you're like surrounded by nature, I was about to be like, that might be an issue considering the bestiality. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hadn't thought of that. But I don't think he was raised on but, a farm because that would open up like a whole fucking Christ. Yeah, that would, wouldn't it? Um, Bloody hell. Yeah. <laughs> it would be, it'll be but no, the fact that his Exactly. The fact that his parents actually <laughs> loved him and raised yeah. him well, we just don't. We just don't get over here on horrors. <laughs> no, no. We our, our track record of good parents um, isn't great. Um, okay. I.e. Ed Gein's mother, for example. That's one that I can pluck out. <laughs> good old Augusta. Ooh. To be fair, you don't really have to pluck that hard. You can go back to any episode about any killer that we've covered in the last year or so, and <laughs> yeah. they're pretty much going to have bad parents. Um, this might be, you know, the minority. But yeah, loving family home, um, other than the occasional wanking on the dog, he was basically fine. <laughs> Jesus. He was a fine child. I warned child. you, Dom. I warned you. We've not even got into the crime yet. But I warned you oh. about this episode. It's not my fault you if did. you are surprised. You did. You did. I think it was more the more how you were like. <laughs> so he was he was he was quite a normal child. Yes, he wanked, but just ignore the no, just ignore the dog. He was a fine, yeah. fine young man. <laughs> exactly, he's totally fine. Um, he went off to Waco. I think that is how you spell that. I don't. I know Waco is a different thing, um, but I think it's still Waco um, University, and completed a master's degree in English literature. Again, there is a lot about him that is worryingly Damn. similar to me. Um, actually, no, I have basically it. There's two things. Yeah, I was about to say I, I have told you about your interesting um, urges. To be honest, you might, you know, I'm, I'm a bit concerned about. This you, isn't Amy. painting me in the best light. Um, <laughs> Okay, just to clarify, there's only two things that me and Sagawa have in common. We were born on the same day, and we both have a master's in English literature. That is it. Everything else, completely <laughs> separate. Actually, no, there is one more thing, yeah. but we'll come to that later. Uh... At the age of 24, while attending university in Tokyo, Sagawa followed home 
a tall German woman um, who, oh no, yeah, sorry, followed home a tall German woman. He broke into her apartment while she was sleeping. Um, Sagawa's intention was initially to cannibalize her by slicing off part of her buttocks and um, sneaking away with a small part of her flesh. But, I mean, shockingly enough, she woke up um, and, according to Sagawa, thwarted his attack and pushed him to the ground. He, I should note that he was a very small man. Um, he, uh-huh. I think from memory, I haven't written this down, but I think from memory he was four foot nine. So very small. Oh, wow. Um, obviously, as a result of being frail as a child and quite a frail man. So how he thought he was going to get away with not killing someone, but slicing off part of their buttocks, I really don't know. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, also, I don't think mm. I've ever heard you refer to it as buttocks before. So hearing that come out of your mouth is odd. Um buttocks. But why, why is that weird? <laughs> I mean, that is what they are. Yeah, but I've never like I don't know. I don't think I, I've never heard you say butter. It sounds very proper. I think that's why um, it sounds a bit weird. Oh, oh I see. Yes, slicing off part of her buttocks. Yes, slicing off part of her buttocks. Sorry, he just wanted I'll, a bit I'll of refer booty to cheek. it as <laughs> he did. He was just feeling cheeky, and that, there's nothing wrong with that. Ah, I mean, there is, but there isn't. Um, so obviously he was captured because obviously he got caught because obviously you can't cut off people's buttocks um, in the middle of them when they're sleeping Um, he was captured by police and charged with attempted rape but did not confess his true intentions to authorities Um, Sagawa's charges of attempted rape were dropped when his father paid a settlement to the victim so they settled out of court and he never got actually prosecuted for the attempted rape yeah um, in 1977, at the age of 28, Sagawa moved to France to pursue a PhD in literature at the Sorbonne in Paris. Sagawa was, um, has said that while residing in Paris, he, quote, almost every night I would bring a prostitute home and then try to shoot them. But for some reason, my fingers froze up and I couldn't pull the trigger. Interesting. Now, I know. <laughs> That's... That sounds bad. And it is bad. Yeah. But my only question when I read that sentence was, how the hell do you afford a prostitute every night as a student? He must have been getting, like, a fat student loan. I mean, yeah, that's not how most people spunk their student loan, but sure. (laughs) (laughs) No. um, (laughs) He... He, <laughs> I was going to make a joke about wanting to shoot her in a different way, but that would be insensitive. Um, his maintenance loan must have been quite large to be able to afford a prostitute every night. Like I, I, you know, my maintenance loan would would pay my uni hall rent just about, and then that would pretty much be it. <laughs> like other than that, yeah, yeah, exactly. So if this kid's going out every, well, I say kid this. Is going out every night and, you know, buying himself a prosy in the hope that he can shoot her, then I don't know where his money's coming from. Yeah. Um, but he was obviously he was never able to actually shoot one of these women. Um, he would always freeze. But his urges were becoming stronger. Um, at this point, Sagawa says, quote, My desire to eat a woman had changed into an obligation. 
obligation. obligation. <laughs> okay. Like, I mean, a, a, a voice you know, came down one day and was like, it is your life's goal to to do this. This is your, your mission. I mean, if you are in a, um, you know, relationship or even, you know, a, a not a relationship, if you're in maybe a friends with benefits type situation or whatever, whatever your situation, there is somewhat of maybe what could be called an obligation to eat a woman. Um, but not in the way yeah. you're talking about. No, that's true. That is true. Um, but I was, yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> Probably, probably not in the way that he wanted to. Like, no, nobody gets. No. He didn't want. He want. He didn't want to do the fun kind of eating. No. Uh, he wanted to do the the more other. <laughs> yeah, the 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 one that. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, now we come to the main of the big cheese okay. of this case. Could um, could you say that we are we are now coming to the the entree of this? We've had the appetizer, but now we're going we've into the, the entree. Now the main meal. We're going into the entree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it is <laughs> juicy. On the twelfth of June, nineteen eighty-one, Thagawa, who was then thirty-two, invited his suborn classmate Rene Hartvelt, a Dutch woman, um, to dinner at his apartment. 10 Rue Eringer, which I, th I think is just street, um, under the pretext of translating poetry for a school assignment. The Gower planned to kill and eat her, having selected her for her health and beauty, um, characteristics that he felt that he lacked. Um, the Gower considered himself weak and ugly. Oh, I did make a note. Um, he was small at four foot nine. See, well remembered, Amy. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And claimed that he wanted to absorb her energy. Um, she was 25 years old and 5 foot 10, so a foot taller than him. Okay. After Hartfelt arrived, she began reading poetry at a desk with her back to Sagawa. Um, at which point he used the opportunity to shoot her in the neck with a rifle. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I would... Normally, that would be the bit where I'd take a quick pause because it's shocking and we're all horrifically offended by this horrible act. Um, and if at this point, listeners, that is you and you are a bit offended by this horrific act, maybe just pop off now. Go, Just maybe go <laughs> and make a cup of tea. Um, come back for a different episode because it's about to get quite a lot worse. Sagawa said that he fainted after the shock of shooting her, um, but awoke with the realisation that he had to carry out his plan. It might be somewhat of an obligation, you might say. Mm. Again, a sentence that is just going to come out of the blue. If you're joining us at this moment of the podcast and haven't listened to anything prior to that, um, just, you know, brace yourself. Sagawa raped her corpse. It um, he, all he all tried? He also tried to bite into her buttocks later stating quote i wanted to start with her ass because i thought it looked the most delicious interesting i will now be I accepting mean, my prize for best quote of any horror house episode ever that i mean that is a that is a that's up there i, I don't know it up there. So, see it's up there though 
to to go back to our Sada Abe episode, there there yeah, was one quote that in that one that might just. But that was that was um that's up there, and like I'm not excusing him and his actions. I'm not you know I'm not saying it's acceptable, but as as a, as a booty guy, I can get. When he goes, the ass is the most delicious. I'm like, okay, I feel you. What you're doing is wrong. Don't do that. But the booty is good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave it it's at that. It's funny because I literally, I, I make little notes of, like to myself in in my um, lines for the episodes. Um, At the parts where I feel like you will want to make a comment. Um, And there is literally a note <laughs> after that quote. That says, Dom will want to relate here. Pause. <laughs> so, there you go. I was, uh, uh, I was right. I, I know nothing if not the, uh, the depravity of my co-host. Yeah, you know me too well, and you know, you know my, you know my affinity for, for the booty, uh, too well. Yeah. It seems now. <laughs> we all love a good ass. It's just we're human. We do. So he wanted to start with her, but, but. He could not bite into her skin because her te- his teeth sorry, weren't sharpened. So he left the apartment and purchased a chisel. Um, Sagawa says that while traveling on a cruise ship during Greece, uh, sorry, to Greece during his studies, he sat at a table next to a butcher and his wife. He got along well with the man, and it was that man that taught him about butchering meat. It would be using these skills that Sagawa was able to cut up and store parts of the parts of Renee that he enjoyed the most. He quote, he, sorry, he said, quote, I put my most favourite part of Renee into the fridge, particularly her thigh and buttocks. He also states that after the incident, he wrote the butcher a letter thanking him for his advice, but shockingly enough, the butcher never replied. <laughs> just, yeah, there's a shocker, isn't it? I mean, can you imagine? Thanks, mate, for all your tips on the cruise ship at that jolly time where you thought you were just talking about cutting up pigs or cows or whatever. I used it on this chick and it worked great. <laughs> you've, got a, you've got a five-star Yelp review coming your way. Oh Go to this God. butcher's. Fucking fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just... I mean, can oh. you imagine getting that letter? Like, that poor butcher... He's just chatting to some dude on a cruise that he probably doesn't even remember. Well, I mean, he probably did because they yeah. got on and they exchanged addresses. But, like, you get that letter and, and you're reading it and it's like, oh, oh, okay. The, uh, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he's eating a, a person that's, um, we'll just pop in with the bills, <laughs> maybe. I don't know where to file that one. <laughs> So, Sagawa consumed various parts of Hartfelt's body, um, eating most of her breasts, her face, her buttocks, her feet, her thighs, um, and her neck, either raw or cooked. Um, He even admitted that he swallowed her clitoris whole due to her being on her period at the time and him not liking the smell of menstrual blood. I... I there are so prepared. many, there are so many things, 
so many innuendos, so many jokes that I could do uh. right now. I just can't. I can't pick one. So I'm just going to leave that there. This is probably yeah, the only I time really... in my life that I'm going to leave the clitoris alone. <laughs> she managed it. Look at that. I, I I don't really know what to add to that. Um, yeah. I, I, I... <laughs> hey, at least he knew where it was. Swallowed the... That is true. And swallowed it whole as well. God damn. <clears throat> Good champ. Um... Like a champ. <laughs> 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 Only real men swallow the clitoris whole. <laughs> exactly. When she's on a period as well. Come on, men, take note. No, yeah. Um, Jesus. <laughs> if, if he doesn't oh, have that dear. energy, then it's not worth it. <laughs> no. No, it is not. Um, oh, so he managed God. to eat a fair bit of a, put it that way, while saving other parts in yes. the refrigerator. Um, Sagawa also took photographs of Hartfelt's body at each eating stage. Sagawa has since said of Rene, quote, she was beautiful. Perhaps if we had had dinner together again, I wouldn't have eaten. Uh, would you not, though? I don't know. I mean, you would have just had dinner, so maybe not immediately, <laughs> but... Yeah. Uh, you would have let it let the dinner settle for a few hours. Yeah. And then yeah. moved on. Maybe had her for breakfast instead. Yeah. <laughs> um, and on that note, Dom, I'm feeling peckish. So should we take a break? <laughs> I am actually a little bit hungry. Why do we do this? <laughs> Why is this a theme? <laughs> I love it. Honestly, I love it. I always come away from recording and I'm so hungry. And this episode's no exception. I saw your I saw your story. I think it was earlier today where you had a you did a delivery order, and I yeah. was like, no matter what we talk about later, I'm probably going to want to get a uh, takeaway delivered tonight. Yeah. And even even after this, I'm probably going to be like, I'm really hungry. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, let's take a little break, get a little Lord. snack, and we will see you back here in just a few. Yes. <laughs> Dark Adaptation Podcast is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Brianna, and our producer Dyson joins me while working the knobs. Our show explores all things macabre and mysterious. We're talking dark history, true crime, haunted places, you name it. While we typically dive into lesser-known stories, we do cover well-known ones, too. And for those more, let's say, popular cases, we deliver so much information you're guaranteed to learn something new. And sometimes we're even joined by our guest host, Steph, who brings a cosmic twist to the show. Our other guest host, Paige, joins us every other month to bring us into the world of cryptids and folklore. Tune in every Monday for a new episode full of intrigue and entertainment. Dark Adaptation Podcast is available wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. And next Monday, we'll catch you on the dark side.
Hey friends, I'm Katie. And I'm Emily. And we're the hosts of Malice and Mocktails, a true crime podcast. We are just two sisters covering cases of both vintage and contemporary true crime. And because true crime can be a bit of a bummer, at the end of every episode, we share with you some of our favorite mocktail recipes. Join us every week, wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, make good choices. Bye. Bye. Welcome back, listeners. And well done you for having the courage, the bravery, the sheer strength of stomach um, to return for part two. Yeah. Um, Dom, how do you have your steak cooked? I... Okay. <laughs> um, I have so this is gonna this is gonna trigger people. I know. Oh, so I have my steak oh, no. medium, and I know that Why people are gonna be like, "Ah, oh, you, you may as well just put it put it on the plate, as a, you know, and, and eat it raw." And it's just like, mate, medium steaks are good. Right, medium yeah, is so the way. I, I'm I have mine like blue or rare. I I want that thing mooing. I think blue is probably a, a bit too, too mooey. Like, too mooey. But oh no, too oh, mooey. Please don't ever say that again. <laughs> so honestly, okay, I need to tell you something now, right? You've just said the word mooey, but you know how when you're like a kid, like your parents or your mom, probably your mom to be fair, has like a a polite way of saying your private parts. My mum used to call my yeah, uh, lady area my mooey. So can we never say mooey again mooey. in the context of eating? Because <laughs> I don't think I can yeah. manage it. You do know that now I'm only exclusively using uh, mooey. Um, I, I don't oh, think Christ. I could... I don't recommend it. That is like the I ultimate t- turn off. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think I, I don't think I could have a blue steak. Like... It's good. Medium, maybe medium. It's a good steak. Maybe medium. Maybe just the thought of it is is what's making me hesitant more than like yeah. how I'll find it. Um, but medium or medium rare is is sort of my go to. Um, you know, I like it. I like it juicy to mop up the chips with. Hey, that's, that's, we that's all like good... it juicy. We all like oh, yeah, it juicy. Yeah, that is true. Um. I don't. I, I don't know how people can have their steak like well done. Personally, it's like you're chewing on a yeah, boot. Like a like, what you doing? <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we're probably offending so many vegans right now. Um, apologies <laughs> if that's you, Stu. Or, please also, keep listening to the podcast. <laughs> also, if you've gotten to this point in the podcast and us talking about steak is what's offended you, then really the issue is not with us. Um, cool. So, shall we dive back into old Izzy Zagawa and what happened to him after he's, you know, yes. eaten his first lady? Yes. Cool. Let's... So, once the remains of her body that he hadn't consumed um, started decomposing, Zagawa attempted to dump the remains of Hartfelt's corpse in a lake in the Bois de Boulogne Park, um, which I think is how you pronounce it, carrying her Real... dismembered body parts in two suitcases, um, but was caught in the act and arrested by French police four days later. Tsugawa's wealthy father provided a lawyer for his defence, and after being held for two years while awaiting trial in France, Tsugawa was found legally insane 
and unfit to stand trial by a French judge, Jean-Louis Bruguier. You're welcome, French people. Oh, you even you even I'm did the good. you even did the proper French. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. I know. <laughs> I'm good like that. I do try. Um, <laughs> who ordered him indefinitely into a mental institution? Um, after a visit by author Inuhiku Yamota, that one I wasn't so confident on. Um, the Gower's account of the murder and its aftermath was published in Japan under the title In the Fog. Sagawa's subsequent publicity and macabre celebrity likely contributed to the French authorities' decision to deport him to Japan, um, where he was immediately committed to Matsuzawa Hospital in Tokyo. Um, His examining psychologists in Tokyo all declared him sane, and found sexual perversion was the sole motivation for murder. Now, I appreciate that, you know, this in-depth look at his arrest and mental state might seem a bit meh, but it all leads to this, which I think is probably the most shocking part of all of this, and considering it's been pretty shocking, this is more shocking. Um, So he was found sane in Japan, as the charges against Sagawa in France had been dropped um, because they wanted him deported, um, the French court documents were sealed and could not be released to the Japanese authorities. So consequently, Sagawa could not legally be detained in Japan. Sagawa checked himself out of the hospital on the 12th of August 1986 and subsequently remained free until his death. I... Yeah. That's insane. I, I I do remember. So over the break, we um we said we were talking about um the case, and I said that I I recognised bits and pieces. I didn't recognise the name, but the the more we talked about it, I recognised it. And one of the things that I remember when I watched a video about it was the fact that like he was a free man up until his death, yes, and I was right. like, what? On on a technicality, <laughs> um, you know, on on. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess a yeah. series of technicalities. So the French were holding him because they thought he was insane. And then they decided that because he got so famous that there was all of this fuss. And he was he was yeah. huge in France for a little while. Loads of people wanted to interview him. His name was really out there. People like, you know, they knew who he was. The French authorities just kind of went, look, we, we don't want this guy here anymore. We want to get rid of him. So they deported him to Japan. And when he got to Japan, the Japanese authorities had their own psychiatrists look at him and they determined that although he was sexually pretty fucking perverted, he wasn't insane. He was sane. And under that, they had no reason to detain him. You can't keep a sane person in a mental institution. And because they couldn't get hold of the records of what he'd done in France, they had nothing to prosecute him with in Japan. So they had to let him go. That's wild. That's wild. I know. In his case, lucky. Very lucky. Yeah. Um, but, you know, pretty fucking terrible. And also, yeah, he was very famous at this point. People in France knew who he was. People all over the world knew who he was. Definitely people in Japan knew who he was. So you're letting out a man to the public who is openly a cannibal and a murderer. Yeah. And 
it's just just the fact that like he was found sane as well is 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 so quite it's so crazy to me like because any rational person would would want to consume another person it is insane totally fine um yeah (laughs) excuse me between 1986 and 1997, Zagawa was frequently invited to be a guest speaker and commentator. In 1992, Zagawa appeared in Hisayasu Satu's, sorry, that's a hard one to say, exploitation film, um, Unfaithful Wife, Shameful Torture, as a sadosexual sado voyeur. Um, Zagawa wrote books about the murder he committed as well as Shoshane, a book on the 1997 Kobe child murders. Sagawa also wrote restaurant reviews for the Japanese magazine Spa. I remember, yeah. We'll just take a moment for that. Uh, that's... Um, yeah. Like, okay. Of all so, the people to it's... be reviewing your restaurant. Right. But I don't read restaurant reviews particularly. I, I go off the recommendations of friends and I tend to just look at, see if they serve food that I like and just go and see for myself. Yeah. I've never picked up a magazine or a newspaper thinking, oh, I really want to read this review of a restaurant because that's just not what I'm into reading. But yeah. if you told me that it was written by a cannibal, you bet your fucking ass I'm reading that review. No, yeah. Yeah, I think, and I think a lot of people would. Like, to be honest, I think a lot of people probably would see that headline, you know, restaurant reviewed by Cannibal, and they'll be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm interested. Exactly. Like, even if you couldn't publicize what he'd done, people knew his name. He he didn't try to change his name. He he was very honest about who he was. So you would know. And yeah, I'm going to read it. I want to know what a cannibal has to say about, you know. The veal, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> why not? The steak, the steak was too raw. <laughs> I didn't enjoy. It. <laughs> yeah, I actually had a really lovely bit of veal at the weekend, and I've now just put myself off it for quite some time. Anyway, <laughs> um, I've never had veal. It's good. It's really good. Yeah, very nice. Okay. Um, baby cows again. Sorry, vegan. <laughs> <laughs> So, surprisingly, Sagawa could no longer find publishers for his writing um, and he struggled to find employment after a certain amount of time and his fame started to die down. Um, He was very nearly accepted by a French language school um, for the sole reason that the manager was impressed by his courage in using his real name. Um, But the other employees, quite rightly, protested and he ended up being rejected, um, so didn't get that job. In... 2005, Sagawa's parents died, um, both through different diseases, but very, very close together. Um, And he was prevented from attending their funeral, um, but repaid their creditors and moved into public housing. He then received benefits for quite some time at that point. Um, His parents' deaths devastated him. He was absolutely distraught. Um, And he was quoted as saying at the time, quote, it makes me wonder... If my parents' deaths were so painful, why can't I feel remorse for what I've done? Which is a very good question. It is. It's it's weird, isn't it? Like, is he even would he would he even be capable of feeling remorse? 
I mean, you would think so if he's that devastated by another person's death. Then, I, I've granted, I know it's his parents, but even so, if you can get yeah. to that point, then surely you're capable of feeling something for the person that you've killed and consumed. Yeah. At the very least, but you can again, recognize like, them as human. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's true. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, well, you know, if there was something there and you saw them as human, like, would you have even had the desire to eat them in the first place? Yeah, exactly. It's um, it's an interesting question and one that he raised himself. It is. Um, yeah. Again, in an interview with Vice magazine, which is one that all of the quotes that I've given from him today have basically come from. Um, Zagawa said that being forced to make a living while being known as a murderer and a cannibal was a terrible punishment. Um, he was only able to make any money by either stealing from his family, which he did often. He basically mixed out his dad's credit cards, going on trips and, and traveling the world, um, or by indulging the quote um, that he had by writing about his crime and selling signed copies of his books, which included the pictures of Rene in various states of dismemberment, which he obviously didn't enjoy doing, but people wanted him to sign these books. They wanted to buy the book. They wanted to, yeah. you know, have it signed by the author. And that's, you know, that definitely says something about the state of humanity. Yeah. <laughs> Just the fact that, like, he had groupies says a lot, doesn't it, about right people. <laughs> exactly that. Um, he spent a lot of time being almost used in a lot of ways to to sell movies, interviews, books, whatever it was. He there's again, yeah. I'm gonna refer back to it in, in this um this interview with him. He describes a time where he's been asked to do a video and he took it because he was desperate for money and he needed the money and they put him in this weird reenactment of Little Red Riding Hood where he was the wolf and like he threatened to eat Red Riding Hood and it, I'm sure it was all supposed to be a joke but obviously it was also very humiliating and you know yeah, it wasn't a good life um, that he had after yeah. prison arguably good you know he deserved to have a bad life Yeah, but yeah it certainly wasn't a good thing that he was out in the public um, yeah he was yeah. actually quoted um after the time of his release, um, as being as saying, quote, recently, more than the urge of eating someone, I have the, had the urge to be killed. I want to die suffering, slowly torn apart alive. Of course, I'd rather be killed by a beautiful woman than by him. Yeah. And so suicidal, maybe... basically, for the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe sort of the, the, he sort of the the weight of of what he had done really hit him at that point obviously it should have hit him earlier but well yeah yeah um in 2013 um Segal was hospitalized from a i don't even know how you pronounce this i think it's cerebral infarction 
but I've never heard of it. Essentially, it's just a, a brain trauma, um, which permanently damaged okay. his nervous system. He later lived alone and needed daily assistance, which was provided by his younger brother or from caregivers um, at the time. He claimed to have regretted his obsession, um, but never actually showed any particular remorse for what he'd done. It was just he regretted the fact that he'd had to do it in the first place because he was so obsessed with eating person. He died from complications of pneumonia at a hospital in Tokyo on the 24th of November. 2022 at the age of 73 oh i didn't realize it was that recent oh wow well that recent that he died um but yeah yeah was, yeah yeah you know, sort of 80s 90s that he was about i thought it was um i thought he passed away a little bit before that um wow so that's the story of izzy Zagawa. what are your thoughts dom talk me talk me through your thought process <laughs> on the man that's <laughs> eaten this woman yeah we 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 were we were due a cannibal episode um no that was that was um that was interesting i i knew bits and pieces um i didn't really know i didn't really know it in depth um obviously i didn't recognize the name um but as we talked about it more i was oh i remember this and i remember this is reading about that i remember hearing about this on a youtube video um um lazy masquerade um so yeah it was it was interesting and just sort of the 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 how someone gets to to that point and the why um is is what interests me the human the human mind is a is a crazy thing um but no that was that was very interesting and as you said very rightly that was a bit of a wild, bit of a wild one, that. A little bit, huh? A little bit. I think... Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Again, I've, I've mentioned it loads of times. Um, we'll put the link in the note, but I do recommend watching the interview. It's, it is disturbing, and I'm not going to deny that. Um, you know, and you know when either of us say something's disturbing that you should probably pay attention. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it launches straight in, you know, with pictures of, her of Renee Hartfelt in various states of dismemberment and having been eaten. So it's really not a nice thing to watch. But it does give you an idea of him as a person and what his life was like after he was released. And honestly, yeah. no, this isn't going to paint me in the best light, but it's really difficult not to feel sorry for him. He yeah. spent so much of the later part of his life having most people know who he was and what he did and the few people that didn't eventually find him. So he's obviously quite a small guy. He, or was, sorry, quite a small guy. He was four foot nine. People thought that he had money. So he was like exploited quite a lot. Um, He tells a story about how there was these two girls that sort of basically used him to travel around the world and took the piss out of him all the time. But he let them do it because they didn't know who he was and he wanted to feel, you know, a little bit human. And then when they did find out who he was, they just completely ghosted him and exited his life after like three or four years of traveling with him. And, you know, it's, it's (laughs) when you're looking at this quite small, quite frail and hearing that story, 
it's really, really difficult not to feel sorry for him. And then you go, oh, no, wait, he killed and ate a woman. Yeah. What am I doing? Why do I feel sorry for him? Yeah. It's interesting as well, isn't it? How someone can do something like that and then karma hits him in such a shit way and you're like, you know what? Oh, he was he yeah i feel i feel a little bit a little bit sorry for him and his life following the fact um and it's also i also find it interesting that he by all by all accounts and by everything that you said is his early life was was good we yeah. talk about you know um killers and and people so often that have such a shitty upbringing and you're like i can kind of see why they went down the path they went down because yeah of whether it be parents whether it be um bullied at school whether it be other external factors you know but he had a a, a really good upbringing you know so what yeah. turned him to having that thought process he he goes against everything we've learned about what makes a serial killer you know i mean yes we we talked at the start about bestiality and and having some sort of sexual issues in that he didn't he didn't know how to masturbate and that sort of thing um but he had a good upbringing like you say he had a good upbringing he was well educated he's hyper intelligent really really intelligent creative you know and and had outlets for all of those things incredibly supportive parents um and when you watch him talk about his story he's sane you know that that's yeah. the only way i can think to describe it he he's sane he is a normal human being and then he starts talking about the crime and you just think where's the disconnect here like where yeah, is yeah, this yeah. man can't have done those things you know you, it's almost like he's yeah. telling the story of someone else and then you realize that it's him and it's it's very, very odd. It's almost like this one one event shouldn't be a part of that man's life. But yeah. Yeah, 100%, you never know. 100%. You never know. You don't know what's going on with people. And that part of true. me thinks, okay, if he is if he appears that sane and he's done that one thing, which is arguably one of the worst things a human can do to another human. Just to recap, he ate parts of this woman he shot her in the back of the head killed her and that wasn't the worst thing that he did he ate parts of her he consumed her flesh and he had sex with her corpse he's a necrophiliac but is completely sane and went on to live not a normal life but in terms of like psychologically a normal life is that what makes someone insane that they can do that and then just be normal yeah, it's it's a good question. Like what 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 is what you know, what is the line between sane and insane? Like what yeah. what caused you to be put into that category? And it it's weird, you know, you, you get a tour of the guy's apartment um during this interview and there's like books about, you know, um like artwork that includes cannibalism and and that kind of thing. Um and, and there's like a picture, he has a really tiny, there's one moment and it really sticks with me and I'm not sure why, but there was something about it that really unnerved me. And 
it was a very tiny picture frame that he had on his desk. And it would look like a picture frame. It had like flowers around the outside. It was just white and ceramic. And you'd maybe have a picture of like a pet or your nan in it, something like that. It was very, very basic and, and kitsch. But in this frame, he had a picture of essentially a woman lying on her back with her knees up, exposing her genitals. And yeah. something about that image for me was like, okay, this guy's not right. Yeah. I've got no problem seeing a pussy. Put that on record. <laughs> but on your desk in a like little kitsch frame, that's that's not that's not normal, is it? Like if it's art, if it's a painting, it's... maybe. But this was just a photo. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, it's very odd. odd and it, it just sort of put yeah. me a little bit oh, what the fuck? But I think maybe that does come from knowing what he did. Yeah, no, maybe. Maybe. It's not as creepy you until you find out that that man swallowed a clitoris hole. <laughs> nah. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely ups it, doesn't it? The knowledge of what he did. Oh, yeah. It puts that into a bit more perspective. Yeah. Anything with a clitoris definitely ups the game. That's the takeaway from today's episode. <laughs> Life lessons. And on that note, Dom, why don't you see us out for this week? <laughs> Yes, gladly. Um, thank you for, for listening, everybody. Um, it's been a while since we've done an episode about people that indulge in the human meat. Um, so it's uh, it's quite a fascinating uh, case, quite an interesting man, I would say. Um, you know, definitely someone's brain that I think I would quite like to to get inside of and just be like, what's going on? What's, what's happening here? Um, Chow down. But yeah. <laughs> and then chow down um but yeah very interesting case um next week um so i obviously haven't told amy at all about what i'm going to cover next week but next week um i'm going to be talking about someone who wasn't a cannibal didn't indulge in the human meat but he did oh. have quite a passion um for uh impaling people and we might have a very special guest on with us for that one um so look forward to that um but yes uh if you want to support um the the show there are many ways you can do that if you want to do that um for free you can follow us on spotify you can follow us on instagram um uh, put something in the q a section on spotify so we can interact with you we, we love to talk to you guys drop a dm in the instagram as well if there's anything that you want us to talk about or whatever um or if you just want to say hi you know we can we can say hi um if you hi. want to yeah that's it um also as well the youtube channel don't can't forget about that we are seven subscribers away from 100 so let, let's try and get that to, to 100 for before the year's out that would be very cool um so subscribe on there as well. If you do want to follow us, fi uh, follow us financially. If you want to send us money and follow us financially, yeah, please do. We we will never say sure. no to that. Why not? <laughs> it's almost Christmas. Uh, if you want to, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you want to support us financially, that's what I was trying to say. Um, you can buy us a coffee. You will know about the buy us a coffee link. Uh, we don't need to go into it. Just. Donate to the show, essentially. 
Um, or if you want to get some merch and represent us and be like me and Amy, where we've got our hoodies and we've got mugs now and got pin badges now and Amy's got a t-shirt and all of we've all got goodies now. So be like us, represent the show. Um, but until next time, um, as always, stay bloody spooky, you lovely people. Stay spooky, you yummy humans. Nom, 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 nom. I've got to tell you, I said urge so many times in the intro and that entire episode that I had to really stop myself saying, got the urge, get to Burger King. (laughs) And after what I said about eating one off Channing Tatum's dick, I feel like I've used up my quota of Burger King quotes. Yeah, we would have to find a new, we would just have to talk about Mackey's or, or another burger chain. (laughs) Other fast food chains are available.